Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 24th episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. And this is the third episode as part of my partnership with The Avail List, you know, an unbelievable website that spotlights all the amazing talent in the ad industry who are ready to get back out there and start working again. So over the next few months, I'll be highlighting you know, their top talent in hopes of helping them land jobs too. For this episode, we have Marcus Shinqui, who was most recently a freelance, you know, associate creative director and art director at Hudson Rouge in New York, and he was part of the June Talent Spotlight on the Avail list. Marcus, what's up, man? How's it going? Doing well. I, I already said we're allowing him on on this episode, even though he's in the Yankees hat and I'm in a Mets hat. But I figured we can <laughs> put that to the side and and do this. So maybe just tell everyone how you're dealing you know, with this pandemic, where you've been quarantining and what you've been up to the past few months? Uh, well, it all kind of hit during a pretty crazy time. I was, I mean, the day everything kind of shut down was on my birthday. So yeah. from there, that was the day the NBA shut off was on my birthday. So, and I was in the middle of moving. So it was a crazy couple of weeks. Like I'd flown out to LA a couple of days later and then came back here and then went into quarantine in the Poconos. So I was in total isolation in the Poconos for about a month and then came back to New York, settled in to my place in Brooklyn. And yeah, I've been sitting here ever, ever since uh, like mid April watching lost. I've never seen it before. So <laughs> this is the first I figured I had some time. This is going to be the time I finally go through it and then prepare to be upset at the end. So yeah, what, what season are you in now? I'm in the middle of the sixth in the final season. Oh, so it gets weird. I'm going to, it's going <laughs> to, everyone just says it was a terrible ending. So that's awful. What I have to look forward to. And that's what I'm pushing toward. That's my goal for the week is to finish it up. Well, good and luck. Just be upset. <laughs> yeah, good luck finishing that. I went, I went through it actually when it was happening, you know, however many years ago, and yeah, the ending is pretty weak. Um, yeah. Maybe tell everyone about yourself and where you've worked in the past. Um, so, like I, well, I don't even know if I said it, but born and raised in New York, so I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, career path has taken me all over the place. I went to Creative Circus down in Atlanta and started out at, I worked at 72, then I was at Arnold and in Boston and then at RPA in LA and freelanced around uh, LA for a while after that. And then was at VaynerMedia in New York and have been freelancing for the last eight or nine months. Nice. And that Hudson Rouge gig was the last one I was at working on Lincoln. Nice. Any preference New York, LA creative scene was? Uh, I mean, I'm a. Everyone always says that I'm a. I have a very New York vibe to me, but I'm also a very. I have a West Coast attitude, and that I'm very relaxed and laid back all the time. So, either one works for me. But something about Brooklyn, I think, is just always in me. So. Nice. You know, and I can't, and I don't have to, if I'm in New York, I don't have to pay for a league pass to watch the Knicks games. So <laughs> yeah, you don't have to watch many to know they'll most likely lose in the fourth quarter, but, but I'm there with right hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
and we all have that sickness minus the Knicks. I live and die with them and it's very unfortunate. And people, people always ask me like, how do you root for this team? I said, it's there every week. They do something else to make you want to hate them, but we keep coming back. So yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, maybe uh, tell everyone, you know, some clients you've worked on and what you're looking for in your next role. Uh, whoa, well, worked on a lot. So Activision, Carl's Jr., uh, McDonald's, Progressive, Honda, Intuit, um, LA Clippers, uh, Puma, Indian Motorcycles. It's a great range of clients. Mountain Dew, NBA, Pepsi. Yeah, touched a lot, a lot of, a lot of different stuff. So, across the, across the gamut there. Do you have a preference of industry, whether it's you know sports or consumer goods or you know different products? Any preference? Yeah. So, like starting out, I was very much fast food. So, like I did activate. I mean, Carl's Jr., Taco Bell, McDonald's. That was just kind of my wheelhouse because I'm the target market for a lot of those places. So, uh, and it is a lot of just, you know, situational humor and that kind of fits my humor style. Like I watch a lot of Seinfeld sitcoms, stuff like that. And, but I think to my core, I'm a sports and entertainment guy. Like I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of sports, tennis, basketball, football, soccer, play them and watch them all so that's kind of where my my heart is in a lot of that so it would be cool to get to work on some of those like say a netflix campaign or hulu campaigns and stuff like that and but i'm still i would never turn my back on mcdonald's again because <laughs> it's it's just fun and i get a lot of free food out of it so when yeah. you're when oh, you're the art director on that stuff you got to make the coupons Right, got to take them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, what are you looking for in your next role? Um, just you know, more opportunity. You know, like um, I like to. I'm still very hands-on with with stuff, and also, you know, helping grow in that leadership role. But yeah, just like have some being on something that I'm passionate about. You know, and even if it's something that I have already kind of dabbled in, like if it was sports stuff, I took a job because it was working on NBA. And I was like, that's perfect because I talk about basketball all day anyway. So that's what uh, my, my heart was in that. And that's what I want to get back to. Like a lot of agencies can, I mean, this might be a weird thing to say, but I think everyone probably agrees that you can get, knocked down a lot within the industry and you know you want to keep looking for that motivation in what you're what you're doing and over the years and i've worked on stuff that i've liked i've worked on stuff that i didn't really like and now i'm at that point where i just really just want to i want to get back to being excited about work all the time so being involved in on a brand or in a certain industry that I love, I think would be great moving forward. I know it's not always going to happen, but if you had to ask me the ideal situation, yeah, working on a sports brand or 
entertainment and movies and television and stuff would be fun for me. Yes. Yeah, I think I'd have the juices going every day. Yes, yeah, sounds great. Maybe kind of leads into the next question of what are some of your best, you know, better qualities. Um, I'm one thing I feel like that's come in handy and people have noticed a lot about me is I've lived a lot of places and so I'm very in tune to all different types of people. And when you're working in a in a career where you have to target certain demographics and that sort of thing, I think it it helps that, you know, I grew up in a very diverse city and have lived in very different parts of the country, you know, from East Coast, West Coast, in the South, in the Midwest. The Pacific Northwest is the only place I haven't been to, but one of these days I'll go to Seattle or Portland or something. But understanding all those different types of people really comes in handy when we're doing what we do. And that's a quality that, you know, not a lot of people have. And also that I'm a very chilled out guy, maybe too much at times, but it's such a stressful industry that you cannot panic all the time. And I see it happen and people lose their minds over the littlest thing. And it's like, look, it's going to get done. Don't freak out about it. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. Calm down. Take a chill pill. It'll be all right. So it's just had, like I, I've been told that I'm like that balance to people on a team and that I don't get overly stressed out about stuff, but things will always get done. And, you know, being that team player that when I'm really excited about something, it's going to, it's going to snowball and everyone's going to know it. It's going to be an infectious thing. Like if you talk to me about basketball right now, we would probably end up going into a 40 minute conversation, but that's what I have my podcast for, but it's, uh, that's, you know, the type of person I think you'd be getting in me and someone that I think every team needs that type of person on their, on their team. So that's, you know, I can be very quiet too. I'm a very, you know, <laughs> stay back, but I know, but that's what, one of my old CDs used to get him. He sits next to me. So he'd always see stuff I was doing, but he's like, Oh, why don't you, I probably shouldn't even say this because it might look bad on me, but <laughs> whatever. Is that like, I knew all these little tips and tricks on things, but I wouldn't tell him. And it's not that I wouldn't tell him. He just wouldn't ask me. So, <laughs> and I assume that they already know. So I'm doing stuff. And, you know, like little Photoshop tricks and, you know, comping stuff. And he's like, well, why don't you share that with everyone? I was like, I don't know. Ask I assumed me. you guys, just ask me, you know, like, I assumed you guys knew how to do these things. You're a digital agency. You should know how to do this stuff. But it's just turned into a running joke with him that anytime he'd see me doing something, he'd ask everybody, think, did you know that you could do this? Did you know this is the thing? I'm like, why is he telling everybody? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sure I can, like, I asked him stuff and he would tell me it's like, but he doesn't broadcast it to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But the first part, totally agree that you need someone on the team who, you know, de-stresses everyone understands, you know, we'll get it done. There's no need to panic. And then also, you know, on your, you know, portfolio, you say you're a man of few words, but clearly listening to you talk now, you know, you can come out of your shell. You could have good conversations you have a, yeah. a podcast about the Knicks, so you clearly 
when, you know, are interested in the topic, able to, you know, put yourself out there. So definitely, I think, you know, important to have both sides of that. But, you know, yeah, I, no I'm, better, I'm better one-on-one. And then people are, <laughs> funny, people are always shocked that when it goes into presentations that I can really command a room because I am a very soft-spoken guy. But when it comes to presenting things, I can, it's just like a switch is flipped. And people always come out just like, whoa, like you're actually really good at that when it comes. So, because I mean, yeah, I've done it for a while, but when it comes to like scripts and doing voices and, you know, doing the different characters and stuff when we do them, people don't assume that that comes out of me. So if you want somebody that's, uh, you know, good in the conference room and on a call, clients are always very comfortable around me, which is cool like on shoots and stuff, they always want to end up sitting, wanting to sit and talk to me for whatever reason, but maybe they enjoy the bright blue and orange colors I wear and <laughs> they want to come and talk to that guy. But it's, uh, it's one of those, you know, you just develop that office personality over the years and comes in handy. Exactly. And you want to win a pitch. <laughs> yeah, totally. What's uh, the favorite, you know, your favorite project that you've worked on? I know you have a bunch in your portfolio. Um, different stuff for different reasons, but I guess the, like the Clippers stuff was a lot of fun just because of everything that went into it. So like having, being able to own it from beginning to end and ending with everywhere you look in the Staples Center has something that you've done either on the wall and the rafters in people's hands on the tickets. It's just, it was a cool experience to do all of that and on top of just the production behind it. So just for me being a hoops guy, being on the photo shoots for everything, like I shot a lot of it with the, the NBA photographer, Andy, Andy Bernstein, who I'm sure people have looked around and they know his name, but he shoots everything for the NBA. So he did all the Clipper stuff, but I was there with my camera on the side. Me and Doc Rivers had a, a fun conversation about the 94 Knicks and <laughs> he was like I was I asked I, I told him I was like you know I'm not gonna lie like I'm a Knicks fan I'm not a I'm not a Clipper fan but I respect you for when you were on the team in the early 90s and he goes oh my god don't get me started on this he's like <laughs> me and Pat me and Pat Riley the other day we're actually talking about that 94 team and it still hurts it still hurts that's awesome I imagine for you like you were on the team I was, I was eight years old and yeah. still burned in my memory and it still hurts, but he's like, yeah, we, we could have got him that year. We could have got him that year. But then I turned to his buddy. Like, every time I saw him after that, I was like, he's like, oh, young man, hey, how you doing? How you doing? So, Doc, fun guy. But also just being able to work with the players, you know, making sure they're comfortable. Because I'm sure you can imagine NBA players aren't actors. They're not models or anything. So, trying to get them to do stuff isn't the easiest thing in the world. But surprisingly, we got a good amount out of them and you know just being chit chatty with them and I took a whole lot of photos that we ended up using throughout the campaign and in social and all that stuff so it was yeah that was a lot of fun from like a creative conceptual standpoint I feel the McDonald's stuff is probably still some of my favorites because of like I said before like this the format of them is just my style of humor and the types of stuff I like. So working on those scripts was a lot of fun. And like the subliminal one 
that from be, from the beginning wasn't actually that. So it was cool to see how that spot just evolved from the initial concept to the final product. And as one of those, like, yeah, this is going to work, come back and I mean, if you could figure it out, cool, but you like, I think this one's dead. And they told us to get rid of it. And initially it was, if you've watched it, initially it was a Pavlov's thing, not a subliminal messages thing. And they thought that would be too confusing. So, I mean, it still worked. There was like a guy who every time he comes, he goes like, he does a little clicker and his roommate's like, oh, I want to do this all. But they're like, that's too many layers. So either kill it or if you feel like it, go ahead and do it. So. I went home and like rewrote, rewrote the script and took it to the writer the next day and we tweaked a couple things in there and presented it and they're like, huh, I think you, I think you, I think you did it. So that ended up being the script that got presented and it got sold through. And then even on the shoots, just the set design and you know, the style of the video, like it's very cinematic compared to other McDonald's things that are very you know, bright and airy and family and fun and all that stuff. So it took on a very different look from what they normally do. And while we were on production, you know, I'm standing there with the director, like, hey, can we put something there? Can we put something there? Just how the guys are talking to each other. And it, uh, then in post, doing more stuff and just keep on adding to it. And it was just a lot of fun to build that spot from beginning to end and, that's kind of stuff I like, I like to do. Like nothing's ever done, especially for, you know, creatives. You always feel like you look at something and you're like, oh, I could have done more. So even if I look at that again, there's still stuff you could add. If we got into a couple of back and forths because I was aging myself a little bit in some of the references <laughs> that were in there, but they're like, nobody's going to get that. You never know, but it turns out people did. So it worked out, but that was like, those are, those are a couple of the ones that really stand out to me. And the process in doing those, I think shows what I bring to a, to a team and to a project in, you know, always trying to push to get something, even if, you know, having to talk clients into doing stuff is the hardest thing, but it's a huge part of what we do. Completely. Because they're, they're always going to be nervous and they don't want to do it. And it's like, okay, we got to prove to them that this is going to work and building that trust with them. The only reason that McDonald's would work is because Arnold had that client for years. So they trusted them a lot to just kind of go with it and do stuff that they hadn't done before. And that was part of that, um, part of the fun of McDonald's is that they've done everything. So it's like, give us something we haven't seen before. And that was the, and the same goes for like Progressive. They've gotten, they've got, hundreds and hundreds of different spots for flow. And it's like, all right, what's something they haven't done before? Let's see if we can do something there. And using that mindset going into stuff, I think is like, I, I, I watch a lot of TV, I watch a lot of movies, I see a lot of things. So it's like, okay, I, I got into my head what I've seen before and it's either evolve it or do something very, very different. And that's part of the creative process. So just to give an insight into how my mind works when it comes to things yeah I, I love that and i love that that mindset and that way you kind of i guess tackle briefs is thinking you know what hasn't been done versus what is in their comfort zone and then the challenge is on you or whoever to sell that through so it's just 
honing your skills, gaining that trust. And once you do that, the work just gets, you know, infinitely better. Awesome. I mean, that's really it for me. The last question is if you have any, you know, dream agency that you'd want to go work at to give a little shout out to. Uh, yes. <laughs> it always feels, I don't know. I think widen in New York would probably be one of my top ones to go to. Droga. Uh, going in-house places, I think, would be interesting, too. You know, as crazy as it sounds, if I could go in-house to MSG and work on the mix. Um, thanks so much for doing this, putting yourself out there, you know, talking with me. What's, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, email me, mchinkui at gmail.com. Uh, if you want an insight into my and other parts of my personality, watch the Price is Right video. Um, that was that was interesting to say the least, but a good story to talk about. Um, and yeah, email is probably the easiest way, or Sweet. they can find the podcast on Instagram. Awesome, and I'll and, put that link, you know, when I post this. And that's it. I think that's a wrap for you know the twenty fourth episode of Bouncing Back. If you know anyone who wants to sell themselves to, you know, recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email at M-A-L-O-W 930 at gmail.com. And now check out the avail list for a large list of people who are, you know, ready to get back to work in the ad industry. Thanks a lot. All right.